Under the leadership of that hardy woodsman, Daniel Boone, a large party set out for the new land, Kentucky. Where else comes to be pretty like me? I'm Colonel Harold Sanders, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my Kentucky Fried Chicken. Have I told you you people are crazy? This is Old Kentucky Tales, the only podcast that solemnly swears that we have never played chess against a fake robot. Today's title is Anything But Another Abe Lincoln Anecdote. I am your host, Brent Taylor. To my left is the man who has great history scoops and creative ways to use mm-hmm. hula hoops, yes. Jason Donner. Right. I got my hula hoop. It's my doorstop. Yeah. I'm trying to match your level of <clears throat> deepness. Your voice sounds weird. Yeah. yeah. Allergies. Sounds cool, though. Cool sounds allergies, right? Like a Manly allergies. Like I'm about ready to go all Clint Eastwood. Are allergies real? No, we won't go there with that. Uh, they're definitely real. Yeah. I use yeah. a hula hoop to oh, – I don't know how I got a hula hoop. Uh, sometimes it's sticking out my door, right? Yeah. It's a way of propping up the door just only like an inch. So if people really want in, they have to like – Yeah, it keeps it They cracked. have to pick they, up the hula hoop. Right. They know you're there. They, which are, they already feel silly immediately. <laughs> Disarms yeah. them, doesn't it? It's been a long time since we've done any of this. Yeah. Like it feels – it's a long, long time. Yeah, get a little pause in there in the, yeah. in the sequence. <laughs> <laughs> Feels weird. In this episode of Old Kentucky Tales, our main event includes several of Abe Lincoln's go-to stories and how they charmed, or didn't, those around him. And along the way, don't forget to support the fake history sponsors who support Old Kentucky Tales. The products are real, only the sponsorship is fake. The largest cake ever baked in Richmond like truth crushed to earth will rise again. This marvelous cake will be baked in the great majestic range airtight oven in our store Tuesday morning. About 3 o'clock Tuesday afternoon, 10 ladies will stand on a 12-foot plank laid across the cake and crush it flat. But it won't stay flat in about 5 minutes. This wonderful cake will rise to its natural height. Then it will be cut um, out and served to all. The great majestic walking cake is a fine layer um, six inches high by 17 inches and by 19. Jelly between each layer and icing on top. This is pretty cool. <laughs> That's one this heck of different. a cake, right? Yeah. You smash it with 10 women and it just comes right back to where it was. And then you eat it, right? Is this, we're supposed to eat this thing? They didn't. They it's don't a say. cake, right? I, well, I, what is this? Maybe you just observe it. Do you? T- and you think, well, <laughs> I think it's that a would real be cake. a really great thing for me to How do. How could anything that's food be smashed by ten people? And they're balancing on it for some reason. I don't yeah, know why they balancing, have to balance on it. It's a plank. Yeah, that you, would you be, can't fit ten on there if you don't have a plank. You want to get it just right. Yeah. Uh huh. You <laughs> use a bucket. I just think of the cake that could snap out of that. How are you going to chew through that? Oh, it's rubbery. It's going to be a little. It's going to be a little tough. Ooh, <laughs> it's rubbery. That's what it's got to be. I didn't even cake. think about that, but I think. You're what are they exactly trying right. to prove? Our cake will not, under any circumstance, flatten. Yeah. So chew on that. 
chew on that literally, <laughs> but then come down and buy this oven. Yeah, and it's a spectacle. We're, yeah, we're doing a spectacle, so you buy yeah, the oven. Yeah, it's like, let's just watch these people try to balance on a board. Indeed. Well, it's good. It's confusing. Yeah, it's 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 so weird. It's hard to get to the bottom of it, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, what what exactly are the you know? Could you actually eat that? Is it does it have chemicals in it that you wouldn't want to ingest? Yeah, that's making it. Won't, rise they, back? won't the first two people flatten the cake immediately? That's a good question. Yeah. How do all ten get up there? Right. Do, oh, or do you do you have the plank? They all on jump the cake up there at the same time, and simultaneously you say you add all one. aboard, and then everyone jumps up there. Yeah. And it will flatten. Yes. But then it pops back up. Pops right back again. <laughs> like one of those little gophers in a in the hammering game. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, well, that's one of the weird ones. That is. <laughs> People like spectacles, though, because they're supposed to come watch this happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a big uh, sales yeah. pitch kind of thing. Yeah, come watch this thing. and Yeah, we'll have a big party. We're, we're lying about the cake, actually. It's not going to pop back up. But you'll be there, and you'll buy our cake. Oh, yeah. Maybe it doesn't even do maybe what they it's said, that. right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it could have just been all fake news just designed to get <laughs> you in there. And, and then now they're going to bait and switch you on this oven. Right. And now for the moment we've all been waiting for. The main event. Round one. Right here, Jason. Mm. We have got something kind of ironic and meta. We are going to create <laughs> an really? anecdote. About Abe Lincoln's anecdotes. Oh, okay. All right. So it's your anecdote about how he had anecdotes. Exactly. And it's titled Anecdotes. Anecdotes. Mm-hmm. Anecdotes. Yeah. It's a word we don't use very much anymore, but it's a pretty it's a, cool I try word. to use it, but sometimes when I say, hey, that's a nice anecdote, people are like, what are you talking about? And they're like, what, what you have you been story? poisoned? Yeah, the, and, I, need so an I need an anecdote. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a good Englishy word. So... Uh, Lincoln is kind of famous slash infamous for pulling out these stories in the middle of a situation. Oh, uh, yeah. Like he would just diffuse a situation or prolong it, but uh, certainly win best by being funny. Yeah, just hold court. And yeah. So he's got some people spellbound. And then it's kind of funny because you'll read about other people who are like, oh, no. Here he goes again. No, we can, anything but this. We can't do it. <laughs> so this first one here is entitled Daniel Webster's Dirty Hands. Hmm. So Daniel Webster, he's in that second generation of leadership yeah, after the founding fathers. He's a senator? So he served in Congress from okay. Massachusetts. Yeah. And it was – they called him the Great Triumvirate. It's him and Henry Clay and right. John C. Calhoun. And yeah. together they're kind of like the glue holding the country together in the – 1820s, 30s, 40s. Yeah, it feels like that, that we're kind of taught all of them kind of together. They're never yeah, president, right. but really important statesmen. Yeah, that's them. Sounds right. Kind of the big three of Congress, and so then uh, Calhoun was a VP at one time. Is Webster ever? Okay, all right. I know you know exactly. Maybe one of them was VP. <laughs> Probably they lost a few times. Uh, oh, uh, they lost a lot. Then did the Webster have anything to do with the Webster's Dictionary? I mean, I know people are thinking that. That's Noah. Noah Webster. Noah Webster. Okay. So this guy's just well, an important be, statesman, but a right. similar similar name. Right. Webster. Right. Did you watch Webster? Uh, <laughs> that's Manuel an Lewis. Side note. Uh, yeah, Remember I actually Webster? did watch that. I watched uh, all those shows. I watched them a whole lot. Little tiny guy. Yeah. It was like we have different strokes. Gary Coleman was so great. 
let's find an even smaller child to do the same show, and they were great. Anyway. Yeah, and uh, both of them were successes, Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's Webster. All right, and so here's Daniel Webster. Daniel Webster. A lot of Websters. One of the most amusing of Mr. Lincoln's stories was that of Daniel Webster's hands. One day, Daniel had done something very naughty in school and was called up by the teacher to be punished. The form of punishment being the old-fashioned yeah. ferruling of the hands. <laughs> the so what? apparently we're going to smack him on the hands. Smack here. him on the heck of the hands. His, happen, uh, his hands happened to be very dirty. And out of a sense of personal shame, on his way to the teacher's desk, he spit upon the palm of his right hand <laughs> and rubbed it on his pantaloons. Give me your hands, sir, said the teacher very sternly. Out went the right hand, partly cleansed. The teacher looked at it a moment and said, Daniel, if you will find another hand in this school as filthy as that, I will let you off this time. Instantly, from behind his back came the left hand. Here it is, sir, was the ready reply. That will do, said the teacher. For this time, you may take your seat, sir. Yeah, no, he's amused. Yeah. He got charmed by the little kid. Yeah. So, <laughs> he had the right answer. And so that was just kind of like a story yeah, for story's sake. That yeah. You could, you know, if you're in between events or whatever, you could pull that out. And like, Have I ever told you about Daniel Webster's hands? Right. But he's a little kid. Yeah. It's a cute one. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Probably made up, though. You know, mm-hmm. Probably wrote it himself. I mean, it's his biography. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was, you know what? You can't put it past somebody like that, right? Sure. He's got that sense of humor. And and he could very well say, "Here's what I did when I was eight. You know, I heard this story one t- that I wrote myself three weeks ago. Yeah, I, I uh-huh. split some logs along the way too. Probably. Or he heard, or he heard the Prob- story, <laughs> and then he then he's gonna just kind of go in and, and say, "Well, I'll just paint Daniel Webster over top of this story." Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it was somebody nobody ever heard of, but now we'll put Daniel Webster in there, and we've got a hook. Who knows? Who knows where these stories come from? But uh, it's an anecdote. Anecdote. (laughs) (laughs) That's it then. All right, let's move on. We're moving on to the next one. Oh, there's more anecdotes? Uh, Oh, there's there's anecdotes all over the place. Okay. This is what Lincoln does best, besides saving the country and freeing slaves and so forth. Right, yeah, we'll put it third then. Third, (laughs) anecdotes. Third third best thing, anecdote, yeah. Um, Quite as characteristic of Lincoln as his stories are the anecdotes of his witty and humorous remarks on various occasions. He was greatly pestered by the office seekers. So this was a 19th century kind of phenomenon. These political leaders have got all these jobs that they can fill, and they make appointments. Yeah, right. And from so what I've elected, yeah, they all just start coming. Oh, it's like they you won just, the lottery, right? You you, know, you hear these stories about people win the lottery, yeah, and the next thing you know, like, hey, I'm your fifth cousin twice oh, removed. Oh, sure, and, yeah. Remember, we played together one time in 1986. Yeah, make me postmaster. Yeah, I'd like to be the postmaster of (laughs) Sedalia, Missouri or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's what he's dealing with. So people are coming and talk to him personally. I mean, they kind of wandered into the – before, I guess, the war, people would just kind of come into the White House and talk to him. Uh, People's house, right? Yeah. You got it. Exactly. You got it. So, yeah, all the time it's office seekers. He was – Greatly pestered by the office seekers, but he never refused to see them, saying they don't want much and get very little. 
That's very Lincoln, by the way. Well, like, sir, do you want us to just shut these people down and yeah. be your gatekeeper? Nah, just send them in. I'll talk to them for 30 seconds. Tell them to hit the brakes. Yeah. Maybe charm them with one of these stupid anecdotes. <laughs> okay, so Lincoln is appears nice, but he's actually cynical about it, too. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's sympathized. Yeah. Well, he did grow up, like, dirt poor. Oh, sure. So he can relate to, like, need and, like, I want a job kind well, of right. stuff. And he understands these but people. But you can't and... see everybody. So he had no. to say, like, let me just shine them on, which is what he did. He could shine on. Yeah. You Make people it. happy for a moment and walk away. Yeah, yeah, they'll come away with it. They don't have the job, but they have this nice moment that they can, sure. hey, I met the president. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. You know, it didn't, even didn't get the money, but that's okay. Like, like what I do with you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I just shine you on. Just exactly. send you on your way. Exactly. <laughs> Each one considers his business of great importance, as we were saying, and I must gratify them. I know how I should feel if I were in their place. These were the words of Lincoln. And when he was attacked in uh, 1861, he said to his usher, tell all the office seekers to come and see me, for now I have something that I can give them. Interesting, uh, right? <laughs> Did you say he was attacked? With what? very alloyed. Attacked with oh, very alloyed. Oh, okay. Did you say that before? Uh, you mean he was sick? Yeah, I guess so. And so now he can give them the illness. Right? Oh, I did, did and not get the, that. Well, no, it's. I uh, thought he was injured or laying around uh, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, so. I don't think you said very alloyed. Yeah, I think Am I, I might gone? have overlooked the word uh, very I think you alloyed. left it off and confused yes, the heck out of me. Yes, yes. <laughs> very uh, cryptic. What's on very that one, alloyed? Right? <laughs> that doesn't sound too good. Uh, yeah, I bet you don't want it. Do you had an attack of it, and it was communicable. Uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought he got injured and he's just laying in bed like, sure, you can talk to me now. I'm just going to lay here. Yeah, so we're doing some uh, little, little quick hit there. All right, let's see what we got Come here. Come on, give me some anecdote. The swearing driver. Yeah. The swearing driver. Here's another anecdote. On another occasion, a poor man from Tennessee was waiting at the White House and General Fisk took him in to see the president. The man's son was under the sentence of death for some military offense. Lincoln heard him patiently, took his papers, and said he would look into the case and report the following day. Tomorrow may be too late, cried the man tragically, and the streaming tears told how much he was moved. Come, said Mr. Lincoln, wait a bit, and I'll tell you a story. See, this is, where, this is the kind of thing where... <laughs> right, like, I don't he need to hear a story. Out. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then he told the old man General Fisk's story about the swearing driver, as follows. When Fisk, then colonel, organized his regiment in Missouri, he proposed to his men that he should do all the swearing for the regiment. They agreed, and for a long time, he heard no violation of their promise. The colonel had a teamster named John Todd, and as the roads were in very poor condition, this teamster had difficulty in driving his team and keeping his temper at the same time. You know, you hit a pothole, and sure. all of a sudden you start getting the road rage going. <laughs> they had road rage even before cars. It was just four miles an hour. Uh, yeah. They were well, actually road rage. They're mad at the road for yeah. having big potholes yeah, everywhere. Yeah, exactly. One day... 
He happened to be driving his mule team through a series of particularly bad mud holes when, unable to restrain himself any longer, he burst forth with a volley of most energetic oaths. Yes. I like that as a phrase. Yeah, I do Phraseology. Too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Energetic I, oath. Maybe we should renew that, revive yeah. that somehow, uh-huh. right? Man, this guy, he dropped a hammer on his toe and he yeah. he was unleashing a volley, a volley. of energetic oaths. <laughs> yeah. Yes. When the colonel heard of it, he called John to account. John, said he, didn't you promise to let me do all the swearing for the regiment? Yes, I did, colonel, he replied. But the fact is the swearing had to be done then or not at all, and you weren't there to do it. The old man was so much amused that he laughed heartily, and then the president wrote a few words on a card, which brought tears to the old fellow's eyes, for the life of his son had been saved. Yes, okay. So you tell the story, buy a little time, then you get the thing that they're after, then now you can send them on their way. Right. Yeah. So you're – wait a minute, though. (laughs) He wrote on a card, your son will be saved, right? Yeah. So he's telling the story just to amuse him, yeah. But also is going to save his son. Yeah, he was calming him down. Remember, he was kind of right. all okay. into hysterics and everything. I and bet so if we, he just wrote it down and handed it to him, that would have calmed him right down too. Not Lincoln without, enough. Without the <laughs> not Lincoln enough, sir. <laughs> you don't need the story. Just like let me write this down. You're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you can amuse your oppressor or your boss, then. Uh, Maybe you'll get away with something. There you go. That seems to be the theme so far. The dirty hands. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's, yeah. a, it's kind of tying it all la- together. <laughs> oh, you made me laugh. Get out of here, you little knucklehead. I'll punch you in the head later if you cause more trouble. But exactly. otherwise, you're great. All right. Let's do another one. Again, anecdotes for a reason, right? Yeah. An old friend of Mr. Lincoln once related another of his stories, which shows not a little of his character. This gentleman was conversing with the president at a time during the war when things looked very dark. On taking leave, he asked the president what he should say to their friends in Kentucky, what cheering news he could give them of him. Mr. Lincoln replied, that reminds me, dot, dot, dot. Here's, here he goes again, mm-hmm. right? That reminds me of a man who prided himself greatly on his game of chess, having seldom been beaten. He heard of a machine called the Automaton Chess Player, which was beating everyone who played against it. So he went to try his skill with this machine. He lost the first game, so with the second and the third. Then, rising in astonishment from his seat, he walked around the machine and looked at it a few minutes. Then, stopping and pointing at it, he exclaimed, There is a man in there! Tell my friends, said Mr. Lincoln, drawing himself up to his full height, 6'4", there is a man in here. Ooh. 
that's, that's deep, that's right? That's deep, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So he's not just some robotic politician. Yes. There's a real man right. inside this political body. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to make a point here, too, about how he, they can trust him. Is that what you mean? He's yeah. a real person? Yeah, Even yeah, though yeah. I look tall and freakishly tall? <laughs> and the hat ain't helping either? Uh, yeah, he's like, he's you like should seven think foot of with me that hat. As a very tall, ordinary man. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> just a, just a common man. Okay. But I'm here to do a great job. Yeah. And Yeah, the automatons, yeah, people like robots and stuff, but there was always a guy in there. In those days, there was no hope. There's no well, yeah, because yeah, there was no the, the people would believe. Yeah, there was no technology really. Exactly. Um, but those those are fun to look at too, those old kind of uh circus acts that people would come and talk to you know yeah weird that he that was part of a story even because it's just this little fluke of you know like entertainment he just sees this stuff yeah and then it gets recycled into whatever he's doing but he still got beaten by the little man in the automaton right the original i'm (laughs) reacting to i need um I need I need this all in Lincoln's voice. That's what I need. Yes. <clears throat> we don't know Lincoln's voice. That's another problem. Well, people wrote it down. They described it. They you, got des- you got descriptions and things. Yeah. Um, it was higher pitched, wasn't it? Than people probably think of four score. Like it's de- it wasn't really deep. Yeah, it's supposed from, to be sort of mainly what yeah. I've seen. Yeah, like. Yeah, people have tried to study it. Yeah. In particular, actors. Actors uh-huh. try to find ways to study. Well, sure. This. Yeah. So what they do is they try to find the oldest recordings they can of people from, Similar. say, Kentucky yeah. area. Right. And, and so then they, they the then kind of mimic that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting little thing, though, like a side note, because trying to just – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you – How do, how do you, you do a voice you can't – you don't have a recording of? Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. his especially, you know, as the orator – in the country, you know, how did he sound? Too bad we didn't get a little bit of audio recording on him. He that was early just a is little just too early. It. Yeah, yeah. he's just a little too early for all that. We've got it from some of those later guys of the 1800s, but just not him. Yeah, sometimes your kids sound just like you, too. I wonder if his son sounded like him. Yeah, that's interesting. Kind of grew up differently, but still. Mm-hmm. So let's pay a few bills while we're at it, Jason. This is brought to you by the Mammoth Grocery. Blasting and rifle powder. 60 kegs of blasting powder. 9,999 feet of safety fuse. In magazine and for Mm -hmm. sale cheap for cash at the Mammoth Grocery. Sure. Who wouldn't want to just stop by, you know, run into the grocery. Get a keg. Eggs, milk, Keg of blasting powder, uh-huh. no fewer than uh, what eight hundred feet of safety fuse. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a long fuse to blow up this grocery store. <laughs> I mean, how you could just buy stuff this, back the, then. This is like Wiley e. Coyote kind of stuff, it, and it says fifty three, eighteen fifty three. 
Okay, yeah. good. We see, 1953 would have been absurd. Yeah, it has the apostrophe there, yeah. which is showing something's missing, and the thing that's well, missing that's is the 18. Yeah. yeah, it has to yeah, be 18. Yeah, 1853. Yeah, 1953, I think they were already past that. I think they figured out. Although people did have dynamite still. I've, I've heard stories of people. Oh, yeah, you can buy dynamite. Just like in hardware stores and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's nuts to think about. 60 kegs of it, though. Yeah. Imagine like something goes there wrong in this just, grocery store. Yeah. And one of those things goes off, and there's 59 more of them. Yeah. Yeah, it happened now and then. It's like ships and the other things would blow up just because so much oh, yeah, powder yeah. around. Oh, Sh- yeah. Ships were always in danger of this. Yeah. But at this this grocery store, <laughs> I mean, there would be nothing it's left in that whole that block. It's weird that you could just work with that, but I mean, until you figure out, maybe we shouldn't let people have this right at their house. But yeah. I mean, if you want to, I don't know, what does an ordinary person need to blow up? Maybe the outhouse? We, <laughs> maybe we, blow some seen, stumps out yeah, of the yard? We've seen that before, tree yeah. stumps or rocks. You've got some rock that won't bulge, and or, or, you know, you're you going bl- to blast it into the neighbor's house. <laughs> people, ordinary people can't just be working with like blasting powder. Being out there, right? Like the, the rocks <laughs> just, just go normal. Pshaw. You got to be trained on some of that. Uh, Let me just pack this under it. Yeah. <laughs> how much do you use? It's funny I don't how know. like people we'll just could do whatever. Yeah. Now the boulders in <laughs> that dude's yard over there. Those times right there. <laughs> yeah. eighteen hundred, Mid 1800s, late 1800s. Go nuts. There's a ton of technology yeah, and, yeah, that's and things like. available, but it's basically unregulated. Right. Yeah. It's very interesting <laughs> too, uh, stuff. Too available. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, that's what's fun about this stuff to look back at the past and go, wow, they really did that. Yep. 60 kegs worth. Yeah. They did it times what 60. What will we do now? Then 100 years from now, people go, wow, I can't believe that those people actually did that. They drove their own cars. I know. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. How did they not have a wreck? Right. Well, they did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, we're flying past each other at 60 miles an hour and 60 miles an hour, a foot and a half away. Oh, yeah. Every single time. And yet we do pretty good with driving. It's amazing there aren't more wrecks. I've had like uh, a daily close calls with people's like uh, rear view mirrors. <laughs> do you have that happen to you? <laughs> Where you're like, I, I know our mirrors are going to hit, but they just never do. Yeah. yeah. I, I did know that happened to my friends one time. They, yeah, they, they uh, did smack they, it. It was a one lane road. They met kind of coming over a hill, couldn't uh-huh. see each other. Oh, yeah, it was too late. And the two yeah. mirrors hit but the, I mean, just like that. Better the than... glass flew in. Wow. So, yeah, yeah you actually did riding along when that smacked it. Yeah, so it was yeah. pretty wild stuff. Had a, My friend was wearing an eye patch for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. So and he then, caught some glass in the eye? Yeah, took a little glass to the eye. And then, wow. then we made fun of him so hard for having an eye patch that just out of sheer vanity, <laughs> he got rid of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. We call that bullying. I don't know what it was back in back 1980s. Back then it was just good fun. <laughs> 1980s. 80s. What? Bad, 1987, I'm guessing. I don't know what you did. <laughs> I don't want to put you in there with the, me. <laughs> this was probably about 1997 or yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you get an eye patch. That's a specific look. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he, he couldn't have it anymore after that. Yeah. Is his eye okay, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Great end of the story. Uh, no no cool, eyes like, were permanently killer. damaged in the making of this episode. scarf on his eye that just looks mm-hmm. cool now. Mm-hmm. We have now turned to the final page of this chapter. But it's okay. 
because old Kentucky Tales never fails to return. But this is the last one, you know. Of the season. Of the season. And then the next season. So coming. Yeah. We've already got more episodes planned for next season. Right. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. We're not going to quit now because we're going on number 10. Number 10. 10 seasons. Yeah. Is what we're. We we don't know what it is. Episode, right? Right. We got to get 100. Uh huh. Then what? 100 minimum. It's like murder suicide. What do we do? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's not funny. After 100, you go for 1,000, right? Right. Or we climb the mountain or something. Uh 1,000? 1,000. That'll be like. (laughs) That's a lot more. We'd have to start. That's like 30 years more. (laughs) (laughs) We've got that left in in the tank, don't we? Well, it's for it will if we finish this this year, then we will have done a, like ten seasons in four years. No, no, five years. We started in seventeen. Okay, spring is seventeen. Nineteen or twenty seventeen is when we started. Yeah, so five years, ten seasons. Pretty good rate. Anyway, best we can do, right? Like we, people we, are we taking notes. Around other the, things, fa- the fans are taking notes. Oh, I gotta get this down. Yeah. This is so interesting. Twenty seventeen first episode. <laughs> And speaking of the very first episode, you can download episodes on Apple Podcasts or the NPR One app. If you didn't, uh, if you like what you hear, you can please leave a review or rate us. If you didn't like what you heard, well, too bad. You weren't in the blame studio it on with Lincoln. Us. Blame it on Lincoln and his stupid <laughs> anecdotes. Special thanks to WKMS, our producer, Todd Birdsong, the Paducah School of Art and Design, West Kentucky Community and Technical College, and the rest is history.